Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, it, it. Was he there? I was there. Say something about I don't. Give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck him. Fuck you, Bruce. I love you. Take the cheese. Double cheese. Burger. You take the bread. Double cheese. Well, you know. And then double mayo. You know. It's called chicken salad. Double onion, mother. Oh, you're nothing but an egg sucking dog. Throw it in your Google machine. God damn good. God damn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Ooh, yeah. What's a Something to wrestle with. Con Bruce Pritchard. The second most recognized athlete in the entire world today. Conrad Olsen. What happened when? Huh? What would Vince say about that? Well, hey Vince, tell me. My shorts look good tonight. Yeah. They're so big. Let's go. Bullshit. Welcome to WrestleMania. Girl title now. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? Happy, happy holiday. Man, I'm I'm so excited that we're here. This is a very special Geico Super Show bonus episode right here during Christmas. I'm in the spirit, baby. No, you're naked. Oh yeah. I guess we should mention that. Uh, there's no video of today's show, but I'm sans clothing. It's the ultimate rib. I, uh, Megan had some, uh, some folks come over and, and help us get ready for Christmas Eve today. And I've got, uh, outside of that door, a house full of people <laughs> helping do stuff. So I'm, I'm sort of trapped in here now. Sans shirt. You're naked. Well, no, I got, I got britches on. I can't see the britches. Do you want to see the britches? Not really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard enough time with my eyes seeing what I'm seeing. Here's my best John Tenta impression. You ready? <laughs> God damn. Nobody needs to see that this time of the morning. No, they do not. But what they do need to know is, uh, our little pop quiz. Do you own or rent your home? Sure. You I do. do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy though. Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And they're bringing you this very special bonus. Bruce, we're going to get in trouble with this one. Well, you will. It's hashtag ask Bruce anything. And when we posted this, gosh, I don't know, like 10 days ago. 
We got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. There's no way we'll get to them all, but I do think we should have some fun with this. Are you in the let's mood to have do, some fun today? I've, I've, I'm let's do four. Lenny Bakken, your man, your money man, who we put over all the time here on the show wants to know why was Dick Slater's WWF run in 87. So short. How in the fuck am I supposed to know that Lenny and Lenny of all people should know that I don't know that because Dickie was gone by the time I got there. Well, but you heard about it. You talked about it. I'm sure it came up. Dick Slater didn't spend very long there. He was everywhere else though. Why not in the WWF? Um, well, I just don't think that the, you know, Dick was a straightforward kind of guy. And he was, he, you know, he, he just, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. Dickie was a great worker and, but, but Dick was a top guy, but he was never a top, top guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know that Dickie ever came in and set a territory on fire. Right. Dickie was great to have on the card and he would deliver. He was believable, uh, all that. And Dick even booked for a little bit, but I don't know that his, his booking tenures anywhere were anything to really write home about. Um, terrific talent, terrific guy, little weird, could be a little, you know, off and people attribute that to the horrible, uh, car accident they had, uh, from San Antonio going to Houston that night. Then Dick was never the same after that. But I think that Dickie got into it and Dickie was so used to being Dick Slater that he didn't know how to be the rebel and right. the rebel really was just Dick Slater. So it, it never really connected with fans and Dick never really connected with WWE at the time. Let's do another one here. Also from our man, Lenny Bakken, he brought the noise with some good ones. What are Bruce's memories of live wire? It was a great concept ahead of its time, but the original format didn't seem to last very long. And Bruce, I'm with Lenny. This was appointment TV for me. I love the idea that it was live and it was interactive and you got to see stuff you might not normally see Paul Heyman calling in once as Bruce from Connecticut, uh, Jim Ross, just going off on motherfuckers, Vince Russo getting TV time for the first time Duh. and who could forget. Woo. Sunny looking better than ever. What can you tell us about live wire? Live wire was way ahead of its time. Live wire was live on Saturday mornings where we had a open line. It was, it was talk radio on TV was the concept behind it was to be able to allow our audience to call in and ask questions, make comments. And the audience was going to drive that show. Uh, in the beginning, I don't know that everybody knew exactly how to handle some of the calls that we would get. And some people wanted to be, you know, want to be that smart guy that lets you know that they knew. And it, it was, it was different and it was ahead of its time. If you were to ask me, I think that, uh, it was something that had it come a little bit later is the inter- internet era had really taken hold. Maybe it might've been a completely different show, but I liked it because of its just uncertainty and, and you never knew what the hell you were going to get. And putting JR on there was one of those situations where you put Jim on there to, to, to actually 
field some of those and hopefully massage some of the assholian uh, comments. And instead, you got Jar. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, let me tell you something, buddy. You got any more of your little smart ass remarks? You, you want to play ha ha with old Jr. You think, okay, hey, great. Thanks for calling, Benjamin. You you, you got you, you let your two buddies know that hey, Benjamin's cool. He he says something smart ass to Jr. Why don't you go back and you know, and, it, and it was just it got to be that. And then, of course, you know, uh, Vince Russo, who preached that, you know, nothing's real and we got to be real and we've got to be honest with our fans and in their face, comes on as a total gimmick in, yo, I'm Vic Venom, bro. And I thought that the Vic Venom character, it's like, okay, you're saying you want to be real. Everybody knows that uh, Zippy and Skippy or Tom and Chris, but you're going on is... I'm Vic Venom. The fucking shits. So yeah. I think that we we missed we 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 missed on that a little bit. Didn't expect I'm that. To the right, as I'm going off to the left. See that? See what I did there? I like it. It says well, high and to the right. And you went I'm left. Not sure what that means, but John Alba wants to know what does Bruce believe Pat McAfee's ceiling is as a talent. Could we ever see him working consistently enough to be a top guy? You know, I don't, I don't know that much about Pat. Uh, I actually listen to Pat. If you're interested in another great podcast, I think McAfee is, is tremendous. Um, but who knows? And that's, that's up to Pat. That's a question that, uh, people would have to ask Pat as far as what he really wants to do, but, um, highly entertaining. Tell you that. Jeff writes, was there ever any worry from Vince McMahon that the undertaker might be wooed away by WCW or was he confident that taker was a WWE lifer? I was confident that taker was a WWE lifer. And I believe that Vince was confident that taker was a WWE lifer. It just was timing. And I don't know that WCW would know what the hell to do with him. Yeah. Even, you know, you take him out of the gimmick and you go back to mean Mark. And, and I truly believe that the undertaker was such a strong character that you wanted, you don't, you wanted to keep that aura. You wanted to keep the mystery and you wanted to make sure that, that that's what the audience wanted. And I think that's what, what everybody want. And it's, just kind of goes back to the old saying that whether you rent or own Geico will make it easy to bundle home and car insurance. And all you got to do is go to Geico.com today because they make it easy. And you know that I like easy and I was doing Geico before Geico was cool. Lots of different questions here from Jeff. He's really bringing the noise with some good questions. This is one that I know you're going to get fired up about, but I do want to ask. What are Vince's thoughts on Dave Meltzer? Does he just consider it white noise that he ignores at this point? Oh, Vince, I think completely ignores Meltzer. Meltzer is kind of like a, uh, you know, a pimple on a gnat's ass. Uh, what's your favorite, what's your favorite Eddie Guerrero match in WWE? Hmm. Well, it's they're my favorites for different reasons. And I go back and I look at some of the stuff that Eddie Guerrero did with JBL 
was so much fun and told such great stories that you could pretty much pick any match out of that. But from there, I think that when you look at the uh, Rey Mysterio, I'm your poppy, that shit was just great. And again, you can pick any match with Rey Mysterio and Eddie and say, holy shit. But those two stories with Eddie were two of my favorites. Does talent have to run it by Vince if they want to get tattooed? I'm mainly wondering what the protocol was for someone like the undertaker. Does it just differ from talent to talent? You know, it, it differs from time to time. And, and here's the issue with, it's not so much permission or whatever, but when you have licenses out there for certain things and, and it's for a certain look, like action figures, video games, all that. Right. And you've got a, you know, six month lead on some of that stuff. And then it comes out and you look completely different than that particular item may, may or may not sell, uh, because they're looking for the character they see on TV every week. And if that character changes, then, you know, Oh, maybe I want this one. Now you still have to sell out and sell through the original item that, that was made. So that's the reason, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it than, Oh, I just don't want them to get a tattoo or, Oh, I don't want you to change your hair color or your haircut. Um, it, a lot goes into it. it. It's, it's a business decision. Let's do another one here about Mount Rushmore. Efren wants to know who are your other Mount Rushmore of ring announcers. He thinks it's a given that Howard Finkel's there. I would agree. So Fink is one. We got three other empty spots. Who makes the cut of ring announcers? Holy shit. Um, I've got a soft spot for Gary, Michael Capetta. Okay. Good for you. I like Jimmy. Um, <laughs> if we open it up to other sports, I like Jimmy Lennon. Oh, if you open it up to other sports, then buffers in there. Jimmy Lennon is in there. Uh, Jimmy Lennon Jimmy yep. Jr. is also in there. If we stick um, to wrestling, so there's four there. Give me some other wrestling. <laughs> give me some other wrestling ones. Anybody ever? Other than me? You think you belong? It's Howard Finkel yeah. and Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Three times because you got three black belt Hall of Fames, right? Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, I do, Conrad. Seriously, do you have any other wrestling announcer you've ever liked? Oh, wait a minute. Now you're going with that. I ever lied. Okay. All right. All right. Oh boy. Here's, you know what? Okay. Let me, let me give you my philosophy on, and I, I love, love Howard Finkel to death. And I think that he was probably the greatest ring announcer of all time. The ring announcer is there to get talent over as well. And they are there to announce what's coming up. They're not there to be a gimmick and to get themselves over. And I feel that a lot of times the ring announcers try to get themselves over. And to me, a great ring announcer is someone who gets themselves over by getting other talent over. That's why I think Howard Finkel was so good. Howard became a gimmick, but that's why Howard was so good. He didn't worry about, you know, his how he introduced certain people. He did everybody the same and was excellent. Drew Landry wants to know on the flair 30 for 30 flair said his potential WrestleMania match with Hogan wasn't going to happen because the two weren't clicking on the house shows. Is that correct? Or did their egos get in the way? 
Well, a uh, I wasn't there, so I can't I can't answer that from that standpoint. However, I do know that also the house shows weren't drawing with uh, Hogan and Flair on top, and from all reports, uh, Hulk and Rick did not click in the ring, and it was something that people just weren't that interested in. It kind of goes to the it, it stamps that a lot of times when someone would come in from WCW and you think, okay, hey, well, this guy's really over in WCW, to the WWE audience, they, they weren't over. They didn't mean as much as they meant where they came from. And they had to get over here. Rick came in right on top, and Rick came in um, kind of positioned as the equal, and the audience wasn't buying it. This is going to be a tough one for you. And I feel like we're going to get in trouble no matter what we say. Jason Rossi wants to know one of the following has to go and never existed. The other three remain pick one, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, the rock stone cold. Oh, wow. One's gone forever. The other three exist. I already know what you're going to say. You're thinking about it, but I know where you wind up. Right. Yeah, of course. I need to say that. You can't do it without rock and stone cold. That Shawn Michaels had that second act makes it tough to imagine yeah, it without him. But you know, Brett, well, Brett was, um, a catalyst in many ways to pretty much accept. Um, and I always hate calling Brett small. Brett wasn't small, but in comparison to the monsters of the day, you know, Brett wasn't the biggest guy in the world. Wasn't what the audience was used to. So you know, Brett was instrumental in that way, but if one's got to go, Brett's got to go. Here's a, here's a little easier one. Popeyes or Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. No pickle. You know why? Why? Because you can't get a Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich without what makes it spicy is the sauce they put on it. They won't do spicy chicken on their chicken sandwich. They don't do that at Popeye's either. Are you, that's what you're saying. You said Chick-fil-A, but you mean Popeye's. I meant Popeye's. Yeah. Yeah. Popeye's won't do theirs without that spicy mayo stuff on it. Yeah. And they should just do a spicy chicken breast. And then they would probably be better than Chick-fil-A. And then the battle comes down to, is it Chick-fil-A and, or is it Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich? Cause Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich should not be sneezed at. I agree. It's, it's, it's on the list. The combination of it with a frosty is hard to beat. Sort of like the combination of bundling your home and auto insurance. Geico makes it easy to bundle both of those. Go to geico.com and get a quote today. Uh, Josh P Coon wants to know any memories of the sugar Ray, uh, Donnie Lalonde. I screwed that name up. Boxing Donnie Lalonde. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Vince McMahon promoted this in 88 and it was all over SummerSlam that year with an interview with sugar Ray, where he called mean Gene Jim and he called it super slam. What do you remember of, uh, Vince's foray into boxing promoting here in 88? Well, it was, it was a short lived deal. It was an opportunity to help sugar Ray Leonard out and sugar Ray had this fight with Donnie Lalonde that was going to take place and and we promoted it and we were going to help distribute it on pay-per-view. So it was a business arrangement, but I don't know. 
I don't know how serious that Vince was looking at getting into boxing. I don't think that he really had any desire to get into that at the time. Um, and it was just a, a good business decision that was presented that we did. We did, uh, I got to go to Sugar Ray's training camp and do uh, primetime wrestling with Mean Gene, not Mean Gene, with uh, Gino, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby Heenan. Had a blast there. And uh, I guess I should post those pictures that I promised of uh, the big show and Andre. And then I'll post pictures of me with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard at the training camp when we did the uh, primetime there. But that was a lot of fun up at uh, Caesar's Poconos. You love the Poconos, don't you? Poconos are fun. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick. Like Poconos. What's that? You don't like the Poconos. I went the one time. I saw it. I'm done. I scratched it off the list. Jason mm. wants to know which creative direction did you really have to sell to a talent who was questioning the idea, but it wound up being one of the best things they ever did? Oh, God. Um, there's probably a lot of those, you know, here, here's my favorite argument and Jerry Lawler gave this to me. So I must, I must credit Jerry with it because it would always astonish me. You would lay something out an entire story. Hey, we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. We're going to pay it off here. We're going to do this there. And, and when the talent would look at you and say, uh, do you really think that's going to work? Now think about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, I really think that's going to work. You know what? No, I, I'm going to waste all of this television time, which is very valuable to do this. And, and I, and I want to waste it for several weeks because I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to suck. And, and we won't going to go to this pay-per-view and we're going to put it on top because we really think it sucks. Sometimes you got to think just a little bit, you know, before you ask a question like that. So I, there, there are a few, um, you know, uh, <laughs> going back and, and, you know, Steve Austin and Kurt Angle, I, I think in, in the beginning was a little bit like, God, is Kurt ready for this? Right. And the, even even the stuff with Kurt backstage with Steve when neither could work. It's like, ah, you know, I mean, is this going to work? And it was some of the best shit we ever did. Um, I think that there's a long list of them, probably too. Eddie Guerrero being uh, Dominic's father. I don't know how many people really thought that would work, and I thought it worked great. Rajiv wants to know, what are the Pritchard family traditions during the Christmas holiday? Well, <clears throat> let's see. We open presents. Okay, so um, really don't have any. You know, when I was in Texas, we always had the big Christmas Eve party. And the Christmas Eve party was for members of the family, unofficial members of the family and friends to come over and... Uh, just have a few drinks and eat a bunch of food and just get together on Christmas Eve. And that kind of, that kind of went away, obviously when, uh, when I moved back to Connecticut, but 
that was always a, a shitload of fun. And you, you know, I'd have the, the, the homeless people that didn't have a lot of family. They, they would always come over and just kind of hang out and, and do that. And that was, that was one of the best ones that, that we had. Um, and then Christmas morning is you just get up and you open your presents. I don't do that shit Christmas Eve. You open your presents on Christmas morning. You have eggs, Benedict. And, um, then you just chill the fuck out for the rest of the time. And I was early when my kids were younger. Now this was a lot of fun. And unfortunately it doesn't last long enough is when my kids were younger, like Christmas party, I had Santa Claus there every year. And so all the kids from in the neighborhood will all come over to sit on Santa's lap because Mr. Pritchard had a, had an in with Santa and Santa would come to my house and he would spend an hour and he would talk to all the little children in the neighborhood and get all their requests and everything. And then he had to go and deliver presents to the rest of the little bastards and tell them, Hey, go home, go to bed or else I'm not coming to your house. <laughs> so yeah, I liked, I liked the Santa shit and I kind of, I kind of stole that one from Vince, but I did it on Christmas Eve. Of all the roles you've had in wrestling, what has been your favorite and why? Here's my favorite. My favorite is, uh, creating behind the scenes and why, because it's one thing I love performing. I absolutely love performing. However, when you get to work behind the scenes, you get to be everybody and it's, you're not just portraying one character. You get to create, you get to help bring to life several characters. So for me, that's the biggest kick and that's what I love. And I look forward to live television. I absolutely love live TV. This is a, a fun one that we haven't really talked about before. And I want you to really think about it before you answer. What's been the most rewarding thing about working in the wrestling business? Take a hmm. beat. Don't just be funny, witty, but like real. Probably, um, you know, this is going to sound hokey, but, but through the wrestling business, I actually met what met my wife and then able to have my kids and, and have my family and be able to do a lot of things that you never in a million years would imagine that you'd be able to do. It's funny when you're a kid, how you, how you dream and what you dream about as a child, I wanted to be a wrestler and I wanted to be the world champion and I wanted to wrestle in Madison square garden in the main event. And then I wanted to be a promoter in Houston and retire. Um, I got, by the time I was 28, I'd already main evented Madison square garden and I had promoted Houston. Um, got fired. So that was kind of like retiring. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'd already, I had done those things at such a young age that I realized, wow, there's so much more to do. So when you look at the opportunity to travel and see things that you wouldn't have seen to meet people that you wouldn't have ever been able to meet to be able to stand in a parking lot with Rick Rubin, who is a musical genius and have Rick 
as excited to talk to you as you are uh, talking to him. And there's absolutely no way that Rick could have been as excited to talk to me as I was to talk to Rick. Um, but just, you know, here's this genius in the music industry that has done so much. That's just like, yeah, man. And talking to me and asking me questions and that those moments are surreal and I wouldn't have ever been able to experience any of that uh, had it not been for this business. I, I wouldn't be able to own my home. And, you know, if you do own or rent your own home, I mean, a lot of us do. I, I, you know, it can be hard work, but I'll tell you what's easy, and that's bundling your policies with GEICO because GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And be cool like me because I was doing that when I first came up here. And I got all my insurance through Geico. And I, I was able to insure, you know, my home, my car, my watch, um, a lot of things. And so, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. Boy, I know we don't talk about current stuff, but this is too good not to ask. Mayhem wants to know. What was an ass chewing like from Vince back in the day compared to an ass chewing from Vince like now? Uh, different. You know, I think everybody grows up and I think that everyone matures in you as you get older, you get a little bit wiser and you mellow out a little bit. And I'm not saying that Vince has really mellowed out that much. He's as intense as he ever was, but, um, his, his we, we, hand, we handle things a lot differently than we did when we were younger. You learned, you evolved, you evolve and learn. Yes. Um, Adam from Bama wants to know how satisfied were you with the undertaker's final farewell? Uh, obviously with COVID being the, the case, that's a tough thing, you know, in a different time, a different place, maybe you could have done something differently, but. I dug it. I thought the hologram you guys did with Paul bear again, I know we're not supposed to talk about current stuff, but this is a send off. So maybe it's different. You can shut me down if you need to. The hologram no, thing was, was badass. I, it was great. I loved I it. it was, I thought it was appropriate for, um, again, time, time, different times, different places. You would have done different things, but that character was iconic and that character deserved that spotlight. And by God, you could, you know, you could have done an entire week of, <laughs> for that career. You could do an entire year of that career. Um, so I was pleased. This is a fun question and I'm going to tag on to the end of it. DJ, DJ iron Mike wants to know, did Pat Patterson ever consider entering a Royal rumble being the creator of the rumble match? that seems appropriate. The Stooges would have fit right into the 1999 installment. It was loaded with Gaga Patterson and Briscoe would have been perfect. In hindsight, I wish that would have happened too, because it is kind of weird that he created it and was never in it, and it would have fit then. Oh, we used we used to joke about it all the time, and in later years, I think Pat's joking became, "Well, why the fuck not? Can I go into the Rumble Royal and I did and I win the motherfucker?" It's a fuck you. Um, so it had been discussed, but when it came right down to it, 
it went from, okay, we could do this to Pat basically say, I'm not fucking doing that. Fuck you. I'm not taking no bump over the top. If I win, maybe at a pace. Here's one. Uh, big Jake black wants to know, who do you think was a better worker in 89? Mr. Perfect or Randy Savage? Hmm. Uh, they were both great. Randy, uh, you know, I think Randy in some ways kind of gets a bad rap, but, uh, I, you know, I was talking to somebody recently about, you know, when, when did it get to the point where guys had to talk about their entire match and, have every single second of their match laid out in their head before they went out. And they said, oh, Randy Savage always did that. But Randy Savage didn't always do that. And I've heard the stories about WrestleMania three and Ricky Steamboat and Savage and Savage wanting to have everything down. And, and maybe he did for that match. It wasn't there. But I know in later years when I worked with Randy that we used to just go out and have fun. So... um Randy was a great worker and probably in 1989, Randy was on top of the world and not many people could touch him. Not saying I'm not discounting Mr. Perfect either. Cause perfect was insane. Was and John, I think, I think Kurt's better years were like, uh, 90, 91. Yeah. His 91 stuff. You can't, can't beat, uh, Jake wants to know, was John Arezzi's radio show from long Island ever on the WWE radar old school ask right there. I like it. Um, I can, I can tell you that, uh, I've never, never heard it or ever listened to it. I've heard of it. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, the Fink probably listened to, to it and everything, but I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I ever listened to a minute of it. Let's give some context. Some of our listeners may not know who John Arezzi is or was. He's still around by the way, and does a podcast these days. He's got a Patreon and all that, but once upon a time, he had a radio show that was in New York. And I think he even expanded to a few different markets and he talked sort of, uh, inside wrestling but he had big time guests all the time and it was a pretty popular show, especially in the area. Eventually he created, I believe the wrestling convention and he had like the first ever wrestling convention and he had a whole cast of stars, including Ric Flair. So it was a, a really cool, uh, thing for fans in the Northeast to follow his show and support his show and do the conventions. And when we did Starcast, a lot of people said, oh, Conrad's trying to be like the new John Arezzi. And I myself didn't know a ton about John at the time, but I was fortunate enough to meet him and have lunch with him and great guy, big baseball fan, absolutely loves professional wrestling. And, uh, it's kind of cool to know that he was doing that stuff way back before it was cool in the late eighties. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I know the name, but I, I couldn't tell you much about the show at all. Don't think that I've ever heard it. Joseph says, what's the one thing you miss the most about not being in the WWE bubble? Uh, sleep. my pool, sleep <laughs> pool. Yeah. Sleep. Um, uh, my pool being tan and, <laughs> and, and time to, you know, how I used to love to go on my <clears throat> hour, hour and a half long bike rides. Yeah. And I miss that. I miss, I miss, uh, 
just being out in the sun and going on long bike rides and getting a bunch of skin cancer and shit. I don't have skin cancer people. Um, and even when I was in the sun all the time, I used to go get checked out all the time. So knock on wood, I didn't, uh, didn't have it. So you had a beautiful backyard in Houston. Your pool was a big part of your life. I mean, when the weather was passable, you got in it every day, right? Yes. I would be in the pool every day if I possibly could not because the pool was in between my office and the house. Yeah. So sometimes you would just be going between the two. Let's take a little dip right fast. <laughs> and I, I would literally walk down the set of stairs on the office side and then walk out on the house side and just, uh, just to get wet and cool off sometimes just, just to get in it. I, uh, I wish you wouldn't have sold the house. I wish you would have hung on to it. Cause that was a cool house. I never got to visit it, but all the pictures and. You know, the idea that you had a detached office that was, I hated that house. I know you hated it, but my gosh, it seemed like it was laid out really, really well. Yeah. Well, my family liked it because the office was separate. Yeah. So I would disappear over there and they didn't have to deal with me at all. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And you had that fridge out in the garage and occasionally beers would go missing. Kane, God damn it. Yeah. Shit like that. The good old days. The good old days. But, but, but the best part was I always had like one of those big, like queen size mattresses that would be in the pool, um, floaties. And just, I would go out there and just hang out for an hour or so, take a nap on there and get my son and then wake up and go jump on a bike and just go ride for an hour, hour and a half. I had my little path. When you sent me your, uh, the, the Zillow link to your new beautiful home in Connecticut. I looked through the pictures two times looking for the pool. I was shocked that you didn't buy a house with a pool. And then I remembered you get to use it for about 11 days up there. At best. <laughs> Chip wants to know any stories of, uh, working with MLW. Uh, you know, going in and working with MLW at the time was a lot of fun, frankly. And I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, we were doing the podcast and court Bauer was, uh, doing his MLW promotion, asked me if I'd be interested in coming and helping some of the talent with promos and, and just backstage and kind of help out with the TV production overall. And I'm like, okay, what can this be? Um, but I had adapted a little bit different attitude by that point, just saying what the fuck, you know? Uh, I think my initial reaction, had you asked me five years before, I would have said, no, nah, I don't want to do that shit. And I changed my attitude to go try stuff, go see what the hell's out there. And so I went and got me a lot of really, you know, good talent up, coming up. Um, but play, you know, it was an opportunity. It, it was a opportunity to go and play and have fun. So, uh, I thought it was fun. It was, it was a blast just to get, get out and do something different in the wrestling business. Here's an interesting one that we've haven't really talked about before, but it's fantasy booking for WrestleMania nine from Brandon Finch. He says, why didn't you just book macho man versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania nine? And then you could have just booked Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna. Not using Macho Man for a match was nuts, in my opinion. What say you? Well, I, I say that uh, you weren't 
there and you weren't booking it. So you weren't dealing with Randy Savage telling you that he wanted to get out of the ring and start a broadcasting career. So knowing that and knowing their desire to be in the broadcast booth and to be able to put them on the grandest stage of all as a broadcaster and a color man, um, that's what we had to work with. You know, I, I love it. So why didn't you do this? Why didn't you book this? Why didn't you book that? Not understanding and or realizing the restrictions of the talent at the time and what the talent's desires were and or weren't. And or weren't. Um, Kevin Hoho Huntsberger. I always mispronounce Kevin's last name. Sorry about that, pal. If it's McMahon, ho, ho Huntsburg. Well, he calls himself Ho Ho for you know, Christmas. Ho Ho. Yeah, yeah. But okay, his last I'm name is Huntsberger. But I always have to like sound it out like I'm hooked on phonics. If Vince McMahon had bought the w- the UWF in '87 instead of Jim Crockett, how do you think Sting and Doctor Death would have been used? And boy, you want to talk about a good question? That's a good one because you and I have sometimes fantasy booked. What if the Ultimate Warrior and Sting swapped places? But what if Vince McMahon, who Jim Ross was trying to court to sell the UWF to before he ultimately landed a deal with Jim Crockett, what if Watts's territory went to Vince and now Dr. Death is in and Sting is in in 87? Well, it would have been interesting. And I think that you probably wouldn't have had an ultimate warrior had that happened, or at least not as quickly as we did. Um, warrior probably would have made his way through there, but I think given the opportunity, you know, the, the other thing about it is I don't know that sting would have transitioned. I I don't know. Uh, you know, that that's the old age old question. Uh, Dr. Death, same thing. I think that doc would have made a tremendous nasty heel to work with Hulk and could have had a long and illustrious career there. Um, you know, sting, I think the jury's out there. I, I don't really know. I don't really know. Fascinated by that. Um, let's switch gears here. I tell you, you want to know what, what would be intriguing to me in that? What was, uh, the mind of Eddie Gilbert. Hmm. Because during that time, Eddie Gilbert had started to, you know, dabble in the booking end of things in the UWF and Eddie's was, was starting to flourish there and get some of his ideas out. And that to me is what would have been interesting as far as getting Eddie's head involved a little bit. And, you know, then where would we, would we be? That's fun to fantasy book like that. That's good stuff. Uh, table talk entertainment says the WWF has a longstanding history in Detroit. Any memories, good or bad that stand out the most in Detroit In Detroit, so God, Detroit. Oh shit. Uh, you know, I, as I've said before, Detroit was always one of those places where you had guys like George Thorogood that would show up Thomas Hitman Hearns that would show up. The red wings would always show up and it, it was funny. The the artists that lived in the Detroit area, you know, kid rock lives right outside of Detroit. And 
Detroit was one of those markets that always did well. But I think that the things that I remember most is Hogan Savage with Buster Douglas as the referee is one of those moments that I just will will never forget um, because of the magnitude of it all with Tyson getting knocked out for the first time, whatever the Sunday before, Saturday night before, whatever it was. And Detroit was just one of those towns. It was always a great town. D- Detroit and Chicago, you know, in the Midwest were insane. Here's one from Matt. Has Bruce ever seen Matt Riddle's knockout on the ultimate fighter? If not, Conrad, would you please show him? Because it's legit. One of the most devastating knockouts in MMA history. Did you see any of Matt Riddle's fights back in the day? I saw some of Matt Riddle's fights back in the day. Yeah. I don't know which specific one you're talking about. I'll send you a link, but he was a highlight reel over there. And, um, well, there's probably an MLW story to tell one day. Uh, Will says, uh, has there ever been a thought put into a legends division or separate show with Mike Tyson returning to pay-per-view with all the nostalgia around wrestling? It seems like it could be a great success. Age may stop high flying, but it doesn't stop promos or the ability to tell stories. I have no idea what question you just asked me. Like, would you do a legends league? Uh, you know, uh, this, this comes around because we just saw Mike Tyson fight. Roy Jones Jr. And I guess the idea is, could you do a legends league? And I think the difference is you do have some performers on the rosters who were, um, you know, in their late forties and early fifties. And we do see them, but what uh, a special one-off legends only type event work. Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that there is a, there's a desire for nostalgia and that, you know, you always want to see your heroes, uh, from your childhood, you know, they've got one more match, one more, you know, one more time. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. And for Mike Tyson, uh, watching that, that was interesting and, uh, more power to Mike. Was it the Mike Tyson of old? No, it wasn't. But, um, to see the incredible shape that he was in and that he could actually do what he did at that age, God damn, my hat's off to him. I couldn't do it. Uh, here's one here. Adam wants to know, has Vince ever had any issues with anything that's been discussed on the podcast? The gist is, have you gotten in trouble since you've been back for stuff we do on the podcast? And the answer is no, boys and girls, we don't talk about anything current. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what we do talk about sometimes? Bundle, bundling policies with Geico. Yeah, because whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. And having a home is hard work. Get a quote from Geico.com. Make it easy. It's easy at Geico.com. Let's talk about uh, Pat Patterson. Pender J wants to know what did someone like Pat Patterson or Gerald Briscoe think when the curtain continued to be pulled back, essentially, what did they think about kayfabe starting to go away? You know, in, in the beginning, I think that it hurts a little bit and you cringe whenever you see someone letting out more and more secrets. And then you kind of sit back and go, 
okay, maybe that's out there, but this isn't. You try and still have um, a mystique about the business, and you still try to protect it as best that you can. I've never been one for, and you're going to say, God damn, Bruce, you do a podcast, talk all about it. Pretty much everything we talk about has been discussed somewhere else before. And uh, we try and just correct a lot of the inaccuracies that are out there, just outright lies that are that are done by some people. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's in the beginning, things evolve. Just everything evolves. You, you look at television, you look at movies, and you see how – They've evolved, and what people are watching now on Netflix and, and Amazon Prime and things like that, the documentaries that people are in tune to, it's it's different, but I still think that the majority wants to be entertained, and the majority likes to watch the illusion without you telling them how the illusion is done. And I'm just a firm believer in that. And, and I think that Pat and Jerry early on, you know, were, were concerned, but then they also were progressive enough and able to evolve and, and grow. And that's how they looked at it. Uh, here's one about rings. Alex wants to know, do you think we'll see rings Can, built? Go ahead. I, sorry. Got to say this. Um, and, and talking about growing, and I, I learned yesterday that uh, someone that that I, I blast on here an awful lot uh, that his mother passed away, and uh, sincerely, uh, anybody listens to this that talks to Dave Meltzer, uh, Dave, very sorry to hear about your mother, and uh, that's genuine, and I just wanted to say that because that that does suck. We're all we're all just, you know, we're, we're humans and uh, I do have feelings and I'm, I'm not a complete asshole. And, uh, I just wanted to express my condolences today there for the loss of his mother. And, um, very sorry to hear that. That sucks. Super sucks. Uh, thoughts and prayers for real go out to Dave, you know, no matter what you guys agree or disagree on, everybody loves their mama. That's right. We all have moms and, and it's tough when you lose them. Alex wants to know, do you think there'll ever be an evolution about the way rings are being built? It seems like there has to be an alternative to wood beams, maybe carbon fiber or something else. Listen, maybe carbon fiber is a far-fetched idea, but I do think it's interesting that while seemingly everything else evolves, the ring kind of stays the same, right? Well, it, it, the ring has evolved in, in a lot of ways. And I think that the, the beauty of wood is the fact that wood naturally gives a little and wood, you know, it expands and it swells and, and it's, it's a living, breathing, what the fuck you call it, element. Um, but yeah, I think that, that it could definitely evolve and you just have to have something that is going to be as, as forgiving and as resilient as wood is. And until they do that, I think we're going to stick with wood. Forgiving as wood is feels like a transition to another spot. Uh, Ryan wants to know if Vince challenged you to play him one-on-one, -on -one, 
in one of these, what would you pick? Ping pong, billiards, or darts? Oh, ping pong. Think you got him there? I think I got him. There. I got a chance there. He's he's a very good pool player, and he's pretty good darts. So uh, I mean, I know he'd beat me at pool. Yeah. Darts? Eh, I don't know. Um, but ping pong, I'm a pretty good ping pong player. Have you seen him play pool or you just know he has a badass table? Cause I have a badass table, but well, I've I seen him play. Okay. No, I've seen him. I've seen him play pool and darts. Those are old bar games. Was Vince back yeah. in the day an old school hustler? I'm sure had to be, but yeah, no, I've, I've, I've actually, I've, I've played him in pool, uh, but I've seen him play pool and, uh, I've seen him, seen him throw darts. Haven't seen him play ping pong, and I. But I do know I have. Here's here's another fact. You want another fact? Because this some bitch listens to this show too. Bill Gray, my karate instructor, who uh, inducted me into the Black Belt Hall of Fame <laughs> three different times. And hey, Bill, I'm still waiting for the fourth. Okay, 2020 still going. You still have time. Uh, get me my fourth induction into the Black Belt Hall of Fame. But Bill was like a champion ping pong player in his day. And one day we went back by the park where it all started, Beverly Hills Park in Houston, Texas, where I took my first karate class and all that. And they, it was a rec center. It's like, let's go in and play ping pong. And I smoked him. I kicked his ass so bad that he, I don't think he's ever picked up a paddle since, but he used to be a champion. And I mean, when I say I smoked him, I smoked him. I skunked his ass and we kept playing. I have one more game, one more game. And I kept beating him. So ping pong. Yeah. Ping pong was my game. I'll whip your ass except for those. And then you want to know a real humbling deal is we went to a, uh, tennis, you know, pro tennis gimmick. Yeah. Mattress max place. And, if you've ever seen pro tennis players play ping pong, holy uckfay. I mean, they back up like 10 feet from the table and are swatting that goddamn ball, man. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like, you can't even see it. And they, they take it very seriously. So I'm not that good. But to your average ping pong player, yeah, I could probably take them. Well, I got a question for you. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save Geico.com. It's easy. Tony Shivani's porn stash wants to know Did Bruce ever thinking about teaming up Hercules and his dad, Zeus and form the mega mythology powers. Zeus. That's great. Zeus and Hercules, the mega mythology powers. Good Why question. The fuck not? That's great. Make one. No, I won't. Well, it's a little challenging now. Those guys have, uh, well, maybe you could book, book it in heaven. Yeah. I, you know what, man? No, you, they're, they're mythologically mythical. I, I can't wait until you guys have, uh, the Paul bear hologram folks put together a Hercules and Zeus hologram. <laughs> Uh, Mick wants to know, do you have any good pistol Pez Watley stories? No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't No, I met Pez a couple of times and I know that, uh, that Pez was a shooting motherfucker, man. Pez was a tough, tough kid. He was, he was a badass, like for real. 
and um, a hell of an amateur wrestler and very, very tough. And I don't know too many people that ever want to fuck with Pez Watley. He was all, very, very nice, very nice man. The very few times I was around him and met him. This is going to tickle you. Andy Goldsmith says Sean and Marty sting and warrior Jericho and storm. Is it safe to say when it's time to break up a tag team, go with the blonde guy? Well, yeah, that just makes common sense. Mr. Williams. It's like, uh, hit that motherfucker with a car, right? Yeah, it works. Okay. You take every one of those motherfuckers. Who had the longevity? The blondes. Yeah. What color is my hair? Gray. Okay. Well, fuck you. <laughs> you say no yourself- shirt, no pant wearing motherfucker. You, s- uh, you set yourself oh up for camera. that. I got to look at you. I got to look at you naked. You're I, naked. I can turn my camera off. Here you go. No, no, I don't want no. Give it back. I'm back. There you go. There he is. That's the earthquake right there, my God. By the way, earthquake pose, folks. The double biceps. Disturbing. Yes, it does. Uh, Fernando Diaz wants to know what does Bruce think of Arn's concept of eating a hamburger with no cheese? Bruce, I know you don't listen to Arn's podcast, but he he's drawing a line in the sand, saying there is no such thing as a cheeseburger. That's how you ruin a hamburger. It's a hamburger, no cheese. The cheese overpowers the meat. I, he and I have big heat over that. Cheeseburgers are fantastic. Where are you at on orange take that cheese does not belong on a burger? The fuck do you have a cheeseburger without cheese? It's just called a hamburger. Okay. That's fine. You know, the only, the only burger that I don't eat with cheese is I will get a, uh, double whopper, no pickle, uh, no cheese. Like. Double Whopper, no pickle, no cheese is like. So what's on it? It's bread, two patties. Is there? There's ketchup and mayonnaise. Tomato, onion, mayonnaise, and ketchup. Okay, so literally everything except cheese and except why? Why no cheese there? I'm curious. I because when I was a kid and I would only eat a hamburger plain, just meat only, nothing else on it. My mom was like, oh, you got to try it. It would be delicious. And she went to Burger King and got a Whopper. And she cut it in half and she made, basically made me try it. And I was like, son of a bitch. This is really good. Till I got to the pickles. And I like, spit the pickles out. So that was disgusting. So then she got me one without pickles. I was like, well, fuck, man. This is really, really good. So that's just how I eat a Whopper. Anything else? You got to have cheese. You got to have cheese. Well, you need a cheeseburger. I love cheeseburgers. I love, I love cheeseburgers with American cheese. I love cheeseburgers with cheddar cheese. I love cheeseburgers with Swiss cheese. I love cheeseburgers with all kinds. Colby, Colby Jack. Pepper Jack. Cheese. Yeah. Pepper Jack. That's yeah. And put some goddamn cheese on the motherfucking burger. Now, do you melt the cheese? I like the Juicy Lucy's with the cheese in the middle. That's a JR thing. He's a big Juicy Lucy. That's a goddamn Lenny Backin thing. Backin. Well, he he's the cheese master. He sent me a bunch of cheese for Christmas, by the way. Yeah, me too. I love it. I've been wearing it out. I don't know. I got on a cheese kick this holiday season, and now I'm not wearing shirts. So I'm trying to. I know. Uh, Fernando wants to know. I just got the notice. Can the three-time, oh, three-time, three-time karate black belt hall of famer give his opinion on the Netflix series, Cobra Kai, 
Uh, I'm, God damn, I love it. Yeah. Okay. See, here's the thing. Okay, Cobra Kai is because the, the reverse rolls where the baby face mm-hmm. turn. It's a, a double, double turn. turn. Yeah. Yes. It was a great double turn in Cobra Kai. And everybody can relate to it. Fuck Daniel LaRusso and his goddamn fucking Mercedes dealership and all that shit. So, yeah, I, I love it. Then, but uh, my prediction is, is for season three, they're going to they're gonna do the, the turn back and get everybody back in their rightful places and, and all that fucking... You know, here's another thing. Because I got inside info here. And, oh. And, and, and it's like... Um, uh, Ralph Macchio. God, lighten the fuck up. He takes himself way too seriously. Just saying, in general. Because, see, uh, Daniel, God damn it, man, it ain't, it ain't all about, you need to look at the positives of the Cobra Kai. Oh, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting into it here. Yes, I am. Okay. Because, you know, Cobra Kai, man, sometimes... You, you shouldn't have mercy. Just saying. Lighten up, Ralph. Sometimes you just got to show no mercy. When you're, when you're looking at, when you're looking at that damn, uh, Porsche dealership, opening up down the road. Nah, man, squish him like a bug and you will. So that's the thing. He'll do that in the car business, except he's been letting his car business go. We're going to see how that fucking turns out in uh, season three. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of Cobra guy. I love it. Let's, uh, let's talk about something that Vince loves. Chris wants to know what impression does Bruce do that Vince likes the most and which is his least favorite. Do you have an impression that pisses Vince off and does he have a favorite? Uh, he pretends to get frustrated when I do him, but he really loves it. Um, well, all my shit's great. Does he like dusty? I feel like Dusty's probably his favorite. Everybody likes Dusty a little bit. And then again, get, the JR a little bit. Sassafras. Oh, that's real nice. Real nice. Playing a little ha-ha on old JR. Um, Does he still hear your, your Jerry Jarrett? Does he still get a kick out of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, fuck. Huh? Oh, yeah. He, and he, yeah, actually, yeah, Jerry Jarrett's a good one. Uh, Pat. But I, I do, I mean, I, people think I just do it on this show and I, oh my God, you'd never do that to their face. I've done every one of them to every one of their faces. I got to ask, what's he think of your Jim Cornette? God damn. I, I, you know, shit. He does Jim. Everybody does Jim Cornette. Vince has a Jim Cornette impression. Yeah. It sounds a lot like mine though. Okay. Motherfucker. Double cheese. You took Jim Cornette's no goddamn cheese on a fucking cheeseburger. How the fuck do you have a goddamn burger without fucking cheese? Double cheese on a double cheeseburger, motherfucker. It tickles me. The idea of of thinking you guys are sitting you're sitting around a table. Bastard. And somebody might question a piece of uh. I'm not going again. Extra cheese, motherfucker. 
it's better when I can see you. <laughs> I know. He tried to fake me out. Like you're trying to look at see folks, what he's doing is he's trying to look at me and like look like he's gonna say something so he'll expect me to upcut it. But I don't do that because I know when he's actually gonna say something, and then when he doesn't. Yeah, here it comes. I just say motherfucker. This scene right here, what we're doing is a lot like that scene in national lampoons Christmas and you are the dog snots. And I'm telling our audience right now, it's easier if we just let him finish. You know, you got a little Mississippi leg hound in you is what I'm trying to say. I have no idea what the fuck that, what you just called me. Okay. So there's a dog that humps everybody and everything in the movie national lampoons Christmas with Chevy chase. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, cousin Eddie shitters full this Christmas one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not really, I've seen it. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that's not the best Christmas movie of all time? Are you, are we fixing to get hot right now? Are you going to sit here and disparage the good damn name of national lampoons Christmas with Chevy chase? Julia Louise Dreyfus is in that. She was hot. Okay. You remember right. now? Yes. She was right. in it. Yeah. She was the neighbor. Yeah, that's see, I don't remember all the other shit though. All right. Well, there's a scene where the dog is humping people's legs. Cousin Eddie's dog is humping everybody. And yep. cousin Eddie says it's easier if you just let him finish. The idea being he's going to keep humping you until it just comes out. So just let him squirt and then we can move on with our day. So what's the fucking goddamn analogy back to me? Because you get in this fucking shtick coma with all the Jim Cornette shit and I'm trying to talk and you're cutting me off. So I just like, okay, let's just let him get it out of his system. And then we can move on with the show. Okay, fine. Mississippi leg hound. I don't necessarily know what that means, but okay. Chris wants to know the iron sheet. Fuck you motherfucker. <laughs> there we go. Is die hard a Christmas movie, Bruce? Where do you stand on this? It's Absolutely. a big, it is. 100%. Explain. Takes place at Christmas. That's all it takes to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. Okay. I'm with it. Merry Christmas. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Well, foul language like that and something to wrestle go hand in hand, almost like your home and auto insurance. And whether you rent or own Geico, Geico, easy for me to say, makes it easy to bundle that home and car insurance. And here's the deal. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote right now at Geico.com. It's easy. Uh, Andy says, hypothetically, if Bruce had went to WCW in 92 and not returned to WWE, does he think he might've had a chance at getting that president's job that Eric Bischoff would eventually see himself land? <laughs> uh, no telling, no telling. You know, when I was going to go to WCW at that time, it was as a talent. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if I could have, uh, if I could have handled that landscape at the time. Here's an interesting one. We haven't talked about in a while. Chris Oldham wants to know whatever happened to Joel Watts. Joel last I heard was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I spoke to him a few years ago in Tulsa, Oklahoma in a production house editing and, and doing things. So, um, man, Joel's talented, talented, talented guy. Just, uh, one of my favorite people in the world and a very, very talented guy. Uh, Shane wants to know what did creative have planned for China when she abruptly left in 2001, her last appearance at judgment day seemed to be hinting at another Eddie Guerrero angle. 
You know, I I think at the time that it was it was something along the lines of, of China continuing to work and just grow her character, but um, we'll never really know. Chase Hernandez says, after WrestleMania six and the success in Toronto, do you think the Astrodome was ever seriously considered to host before WrestleMania seventeen? Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was, but it never really worked out because of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. A lot of times, depending upon when that would start, you would have to finish up the rodeo and be able to clear everything out of the rodeo before you could do another event in there. So that kind of really prohibited a WrestleMania in Houston for a long time until, you know, obviously we got to. 2000 or 2001. It was it 2001? It's 2000, right? 2000. I don't fucking know. It was WrestleMania 17, goddammit. WrestleMania 17 was 01. Okay, fine. That's what I said. Becky wants to know why is Miss Elizabeth not in the Hall of Fame? I think she will be. It's just a matter of time. I don't know uh, what there is to say here or if it's even one that's fair play. Why does Bruce think EC3 wasn't able to transition well in WWE? I have no idea. Yeah, cuz you weren't really working with him. He was he was in NXT, yeah. yeah. Uh Grand Inquisitor says with it being Sabu's birthday, it's the perfect time to ask. What was the thought process as far as allowing Sabu to start cutting his own promos in the WWE CW show? You know, I think that any performer, you go back and you look at Kane and people thought that we were crazy when we let Kane start talking at some point to communicate with your audience, they want to hear from you and they want to be able to connect with you in, in some way. And that was, that was a big part of, you know, trying to get Sabu to, to talk and, and to do his own promos. And I think that Sabu kind of was comfortable where he was and, um, it's, just trying to grow, man. And, and, and you have to grow and you have to, you have to continue to evolve and whether you rent your home or own your home. Um, the good thing about that is fortunately Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and your car insurance. And, and it's a good thing too, because having a home is very hard work as we've talked about. And all you gotta do is go to Geico.com. You get a quote and you see how much you can save. And it's uh, simple. Just go to Geico.com. It's easy. I've done it. I do it. And uh, you should too. Geico.com. Reza wants to know, Kevin Nash has in the past talked about the idea of a wrestling show to be like the Larry Sanders show. Was there ever an idea to do a show about a show with two layers of storytelling and backstage drama? Yeah, plenty of times. It's just difficult to to sell that. And it's hard sometimes when, at least for me, put it that way, I used to get upset at Dixie when Dixie was trying to be a heel on camera. And then she would be, try to be a heel on her Twitter page. And then she would tweet, Oh, isn't this great? Blah, 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 blah. And be a complete baby face. So, yeah, it's difficult sometimes for people to draw that line and, and determine what's what's real and what's Memorex. 
Do people even know what Memorex is anymore? Yeah. Everybody my age knows. Okay. Umar Khan wants to know what did Bruce think of CM Punk's infamous pipe bomb promo? I know I you weren't great. Okay. Were you watching yeah. wrestling actively every week in 2011 or did you just see the everybody talking about it online and say, Oh, I got to go watch this. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Somebody told me about it and I, I don't, yeah, as a matter of fact, in 2011, I'm not even sure that, that I was, uh, taping, taping it and going back. I, at that point I was in TNA right? and I, I'm pretty sure that somebody told me about it and I went back and watched it. BC wants to know. It was great. BC wants to know what is one idea that everyone shit on that ended up being absolute gold. I think he means here, not the talent, but like nobody liked the idea. Everybody lobbied against it. And then ultimately it hit big. Hmm. Mick Foley, the the three faces of Foley. Is one thing I don't think that everybody you know bought. It was mankind was so strong at the time, and then you know, dude, love and and then we're like, God damn, he can be Cactus Jack. He can just be Mick Foley. And it's like, ah, you know, he's got to be all the characters, and and just being Mick Foley will never work. And I think it did all right. It did just fine. Yeah. P Diddy, not that P Diddy. Wants to know whose idea was it to take home commemorative chairs at pay-per-views and how did it become a thing? Uh, that became a thing. I believe it was Bob Collins, who was the promotions guru at the time. And I'm not sure if the NBA had done it for a championship game one time. And we were looking at it thinking this is a hell of a souvenir to have, you know, it's, I, it proves I was ringside at WrestleMania is kind of how it began. Uh, how do I, yeah, bullshit. You weren't ringside. Oh yeah. Here's the chair motherfucker. And the only way that you could get that chair was to have been sitting ringside at WrestleMania or at that event. So that's the kind of concept behind it. And I want to give Bob Collins credit for that. Fred wants to know what's the biggest mistake you've ever made in gorilla. Whew. Again, those are too many to count. Um, shoot, uh, either going commercial where we weren't supposed to, or giving the wrong time cues. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways to fuck up there. Okay, this and is. I think I've done them all at least seven times. Kind of current, but it's not negative, so I think you'll dig it. Chris wants to know: Did Bruce have any preconceived notions about anybody on the roster? And then the, once he got back into creative. His perception was proven wrong. So maybe you had an idea of who someone was or what they are about going in. And then you get to know them and you're like, oh, I was, I was way wrong on that. In a good way. Yes. You oh, get, you mean in a good way? Not in a negative. I don't, cause I know you yes. can't give a negative. Yes. Put somebody over who, who was it? Who exceeded your expectations? Um, Randy Savage. Definitely. Uh, you know, you'd heard all these horrible things about Randy, but he was difficult to work with. He was crazy. And, and he was completely the opposite, at least, at least to me. He means, he means currently. Um, yeah, currently, definitely there are guys. I'm not going to say who, but yeah, you're putting somebody over though. You're not being negative. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm not going to do that either. I get it. 
Uh, Jay Boogie, don't take my hoodie, cites or, or asks, who booked the Stooges versus the Mean Street posse? Events. That was the my all my big time takeaway is that always felt like Vince's comic relief. He got a kick out of his real life son and his real life son's friends beating up his real life best friends. Like that's that's Vince all day, is it not? Yeah, it it Vince for so both of them. I, you know that was that was a lot of both of their doing at that time. Adam wants to know out of all the referees you've worked with. What makes a great referee? Again, one that is in the background and that does their job without getting in the way. And if you don't notice the referee, then that's a great referee. Uh, CG says, is there any talent from any era or any company that you've worked with that you were surprised became a breakout star? Hmm. God, you know, I would look, the jury was out on John Cena for many years. Right. Um, and you know, the jury was out on Hunter for many years. So you, you, those are two guys that, that stand out. Bret Hart. I wouldn't have called that back in 89. Mm. So yeah, there, there's quite a few. Uh, ATMC says, what's the story behind, behind Hade Vanson? What was the plan and why didn't it happen? I think it was some of the most compelling vignettes that ultimately went nowhere. I don't even remember this. Oh boy. I do. Um, and I forget how the fuck we came up with that name. Uh, it, it was some weird conversation. I'm trying to block that one from my memory too. But the idea was for him to come in and work a program with the undertaker so that we brought him in right up, right on top. Um, the guy had some talent, but when he came up to actually get in the ring, didn't, didn't really impress anybody. And it was dropped pretty quick. He was very, he was not the biggest guy in the world. You know, and, it, and it's hard when you are judging him against his peers, wherever he may be. And I'm pretty sure he was in OVW. Uh, I could be wrong about that. OVW or Georgia. And didn't have a bunch of giants there. And then all of a sudden he's standing there next to the undertaker looking at him in his belly button. And it's like, okay, this isn't going to work. But yeah, that's one I'm trying to forget. Let's, um, Let's switch gears here. This is a, a throwback question. MRBZ says Bruce once said in passing, Ole Anderson killed the cage match. What happened to make him think that? Uh, Ole Anderson was, to my knowledge, one of the first guys that ever, like, just had the cage raise and allow heels to get into the cage. Um, it was just weird. And up until that point, the cage had always been used. Nobody in, nobody out. And at that point, the cage became just another prop. And unfortunately, uh, it's hard to turn back because if, you know, cage can be a, a violent, brutal, but in the South anyway, the cage match was nobody in, nobody out to a finish. 
and Ole was the first one in the South in Atlanta that had raised the cage and allowed people to, to run in. And, and then it was like the cage raised for the heels, but then the baby faces couldn't get into the cage to save them. And, and it just, and then people started doing shit like that. Dusty started doing shit like that. And, and everybody started doing shit like that to where the cage wasn't what it used to be. And then you had to figure out other ways to make the cage um, a part of the story. And guys like Bruno and guys like the Sheik, who didn't want to do the clean job, finished to escape the cage, became the norm. You know, Sheik couldn't pin the Sheik, but you could get out of the cage before him. So that that was the rationale there. And, And, you know, people do things, you know, you know, why, why they do them. And, and, and then it evolves from there. And, uh, it doesn't matter whether, you know, you rent or own your own home. The bottom line is, Hey, just like a cage match, you can bundle that shit. You, you can bundle your home and your auto insurance together and you can save money. And that's a good thing. It's hard to own a home, man. And all you got to do is go to Geico.com and find out how much money you can save. It's Geico.com. It's easy. It's simple. And it makes sense. Dude, that tickles me. I just pulled the copy up when you did it. And we're so in sync there. <laughs> That's the reason I started I, okay, laughing. Here's the, here's the thing. I, and I have told you this. I love the Geico shows. Because there's so much fun is, uh, okay, how are we going to get another, uh, you know, whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. And, you know, it, it's I just, I look at that and figure out, well, they're good to us. We're going to be good to them. And we want our audience to be good to Geico as well, because they are bringing you this show right now. Colby Reed wants to know if you had a week off, there's a wish. Uh, where would be your go-to vacation spot? Uh, a beach. You guys had big plans that have been thwarted a few times. You were going to do a big sailing vacation that got canceled because Steph had some stuff going on. And then you had another big beach one. I even recommended this great house in Cabo that Megan and I have been to several times. 100% paid for and hasn't been used yet. It's for sale, by the way, we should go in and buy the house. Let's talk about that off the air, but. Uh, I love it. And you, you didn't get quite there. So any is exotic beach. That's your speed. Yeah. Or they speak English. Yeah. I understand. And take American money. You're going to get a little heat for speaking English, but by the way, no, 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 no. Wait, here's what I mean by that. No, I'm speaking English. I, I, I like to go places where they speak English. Um, I'm not fluent in Spanish. I'm not fluent in French and, um, or Italian or anything like that. So if I go there, I need an interpreter. But if you go to the Caymans and uh, places like that, where everyone is, and they take American money, the dollar, I don't like exchanging money and, and having to deal with wondering about, okay, three pesos equals this or anything like that. Hey, doing it in Canada and they speak English there. Which mascot was worse gobbledygooker or wildcat Willie? Oh, fuck. Wildcat Willie. That's lame. But it says WCW. You no, get it? Bullshit. Wildcat Willie. Come on. Gobbledygooker. 
Uh, Greg wants to know if Bruce had to choose between Dave Meltzer or Jerry Jarrett to be the head booker, who would he pick? I said, I wasn't going to say anything bad about Dave today. So you're picking Jerry Jarrett, not in a million years. So it's Meltzer then not in 2 million. Years. You got to pick one I'm out of business. I never watch it again. Andy, <laughs> I love you so much. Andy says, we know Bruce's thoughts on Dave Meltzer. Is there any wrestling journalist that Bruce holds in high regard and has had a good working relationship with over the years? Don't beat up the word journalist. Just tell me a wrestling personality that you actually like. Is there one? Uh, I, I see here's, here's your, where you have to define what's a wrestling journalist because people that you would think that you call wrestling journalists, I call gossip mongers. Okay. Just and tell me anybody in the wrestling business you'd like do creative writing. They don't actually do journalism. Have you ever liked anybody, Bruce? Just anybody at all. You hate everyone. There you go. Come on. Wade Keller, Dave Scherer, Mike Johnson, Jason Powell, Bruce Mitchell, anybody. Okay. I can't say, I, I, I guess I met the Bruce Mitchell guy. Yeah. We had dinner with him. Wade Keller came in and introduced himself to me at Starcast and was, uh, very cordial and very nice. Um, but I, I, I'm not fond of any of their work by any stretch of the imagination. I've never met the, the, what the, whatever guy you said, Dave Shear or whatever. I don't know who the hell you, he is. You don't dislike Mike Johnson. He's always been nice to you. I, I don't like his work. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, 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 you know, again, I, I don't know. I, I, I classify that work in a different way than you do. Francis wants to know what Christmas presents, uh, have you gotten from the boys or given to the boys over the years? Is there a funny one or an interesting one or a memorable one? God damn. I don't know that I've ever really exchanged any presents with any, any of the boys. Did you ever give Vince a memorable gift or he'd give you a memorable gift? Um, employment. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this is the JR podcast. Um, no, I tell you the, the, uh, my favorite gift that I gave him was a nice, uh, art bottle of ketchup, like a big fucking thing of ketchup. They had in his office, like a Heinz bottle of ketchup, but it was like a big, really nice art kind of thing. Like a Warhol type deal. Yeah, but it was an actual bottle of, it was like a ceramic bottle of ketchup. Oh, so probably, probably Steve Kaufman then. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. Let's Hines. see. Huh? I, <laughs> it was Heinz. Don't fucking ever compare me to Jim Ross like that. God damn it. Huh? Right. Fresh. I, 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 I don't believe in exchanging gears with, 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 with town. Sassafras. Keep that separate, Conrad. Next. What's your next what's your next little question you got there in your book? I mean, that's this is deja vu here. Uh BC <laughs> wants to know, were there any big celebrity involvements possible for WrestleMania's that fell through 
and were never reported by the dirt sheets? Um, you know, I, I think the, hmm. <sighs> yeah, there, there, there were, God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some, you know, when you ask fucking questions and you can't come up with answers, that's just the drizzling shit for ask Bruce anything. Um, we had, you know, we had Tyson different times and he fell through different times. Um, God, what were some of the fucking others that actually fell through? I, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, I think we had Chuck Norris for WrestleMania seven in LA that fell through. Um, but God damn, I, uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny when, when shit falls through, you just move on to the next thing a lot right. of times. So you, you forget about it and, and you have, you have to, you have to block that shit from your mind because otherwise you're trying to make everything else fit into that plan. If that makes any sense. So like Chuck Norris falls through. Okay. I don't have Chuck Norris, but I have, um, Elizabeth Montgomery and I'm trying to make Elizabeth Montgomery fit into the Chuck Norris plan. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's like you get set on shit and you can't. Well, we're set on saving you money with Geico, whether you rent or own Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, go to Geico.com today. Bruce, we're going to do one last question. We're going to wrap it up. This one comes to us from Conrad in Huntsville. He wants to know if you've had a chance to catch what Jake Paul has been doing. He recently knocked out Nate Robinson on the undercard <laughs> of the Mike Tyson pay-per-view. And this past week or so, he has basically went all pro wrestling. He created a series of videos challenging Conor McGregor to a fight. Uh, and it is wrestling one oh one. Everyone responded to the challenge and made fun of it. So he responded with even more parodies of Connor's jiu-jitsu coach, Connor himself, Dana White, on and on and on. Even Michael Bisping got a little shrapnel, but it was entertaining and it feels wrestling one-on-one me knowing you like I do. I imagine you got a good chuckle out of Jake's uh, creativity. Love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, because it's absurd and both, you know, Jake and Logan are, the epitome of promotion and the epitome of going out and being controversial and making shit happen. So kudos to them. I think it's tremendous. I, I, I love, I love the way that both of them are able to, to just get people talking no matter what. So hats off. They're, they're great promoters and uh, entrepreneurs and, I don't always understand it, but good for them. It's been uh, remarkable to see if you're a, a wrestling fan and maybe you're not a YouTube guy or you're not a UFC guy or a boxing guy. I could see how this would have been under your radar. Uh, and don't get me wrong. There's some foul language and it's definitely some adult content, but Jake Paul knows how to play the heel and he's playing it up perfectly. I, I can't wait to see how it develops, but. All I could think was with a big grin, boy, R A S S L I N that's wrestling. R A S S L I N. That's Geico. That's Geico. And we that's think G E 
ICO, that's Geico, Geico geico.com. Go there and find out just how much money that you can save and find out how easy it is to bundle your home and car insurance. Whether you rent, whether you own, Geico makes it easy, folks. And all you got to do is go to geico.com. Keep this show on the air with Geico. and Let them know that you heard it right here on Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And uh, tell Connie and Bruce sent you. We'd appreciate it. Serious business. It's so cool, guys. Let me give you a peek behind the curtain. You've heard our sponsors over the years, and we're proud to have all of our sponsors. But when a single sponsor steps up and says, we just want to own a show, uh, that's pretty cool. And they wanted a couple of bonus shows from all of my podcasts by the end of the year. And we were up for the task and, uh, we've brought them to you here. And we're so glad to have this partnership with Geico. I really do want to ask you this one favor. If you really like this podcast, please do Bruce and I a favor. Go get a quote from Geico. The worst thing that can happen is they don't save you money, but at least you tried. And we appreciate that. But what if, what if they could save you money and you support your favorite podcast? There's no promo code. There's no special website. Just go get a quote right now at Geico. They did us all the solid by bringing us this bonus episode right here during the holidays. And Bruce, I had a lot of fun today and I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do it. And by the way, we're not done. We're still going to be back with you because we've still got a little movie to action to watch together, right? We do. Yeah. I'm just saying there's so much Bruce this week. It must be Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. And we'll see you here real soon on another edition of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard rock on whether you're in or own Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.